Wanderers, and welcome to this episode of Gamer Noob, where we are doing part one of our three-part series on our Gen Con recap. I'm Zach. And I'm Caitlin. And we're just going to be talking about the games that we played on Thursday, which I think objectively was maybe our best day. Uh, Yeah, we had a lot of good stuff on like Thursday. I th- we started strong. <laughs> I think Thursday was like our best overall, because like I think we had played b- games that I enjoyed more on Saturday. But it was very dicey whether or not we had someone who was good at rules explanations. Yeah. Um, But first, we went to the Shut Up and Sit Down panel um, on Thursday, which was actually tons of fun. And I'm really glad that we went to that. Yeah, I was really on the fence about it. And then we got there and I was so glad the whole time. Yeah, they they had a lot of fun. Um, They did some... They did like more party games, but it was very enjoyable to listen to them talk well, about that. They did some non-party games as well. They talked about like villainous and how someone yeah. exploded Yago into piles of money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that if you ever want if you want to hear any of that, they have the recorded on their podcast at shutupandsitdown.com and wherever you find podcasts like ours. Their podcast is great, but like their live show was really good. We were really glad we went. And then they played a game of Billionaire Banshee, which was hilarious. Mm -hmm. But after that, we immediately went and played Five Tribes, which was Rise of Tribes. Oh, my gosh. You're going to do that every single time. (laughs) For the rest of forever, yes. I All week, I was interchanging the two. It's very confusing. But I finally found out what Rise of Tribes is, and it is amazing. Yeah, it was really good. It's not... It's a very clean game. Like, it's got some interesting strategy but it's not super complex it's not a super long game it's like an hour maybe well we um, only demoed it remember. we only demoed it but i think the full version is really only an hour i think yeah I, I think it depends on how much you tank each other's players and stuff and we were very non-confrontational in it mm-hmm. just figuring out strategy but yeah well we all kind of just like avoided each other we didn't have a single fight the entire time we played the demo which is kind of a big part of the game yeah but it's basically you've got worker placement um, to gain resources, but then they've got this really interesting dice mechanic um, where you roll, they have like these special dice with like suns and moons and blanks on them. And each type of action you can take on your turn requires like to do a certain amount of that action, you have to get a certain dice roll. And there are like three symbols that are on dice for each of the actions. And then you roll and you combine your role with the already showing um, actions and then use your die to replace one. Right. So what it is, is there like, cause you like, there's the regular value you get. And then there's, if there's double suns in the, in the, within those three dice up above the board, you get a bonus. And if there's double moons, you get a penalty. So for example, one of the actions is growth where you get to add three meeples to the board. If you have double suns, you get to add four meeples to the board. And if you have double moons, you only get to add two. Right. So you're you're constantly changing, like affecting what the next person can do. Because when once you roll your dice, you add a die to that lineup that determines what the next person can do. What well, also determines what goes you do. away. Right. And so if like if everybody's taking the growth action though and using up the suns to do a lot more growth then eventually it's going to get to the point where the dice are really poor for doing the growth action yeah in theory for example though it is dice and we rolled particularly well 
the the guy said he kept saying that like yeah like he's had games where he's played it where it's like you just get stuck always having to take a double moon on your turn and we had that a little bit but it was mostly double suns for most people and granted you're all trying to like optimize your stuff but it's this really interesting mechanic where it's like well you got to think about what you're leaving for the person behind you because mm-hmm. you don't want to it you can if you really need it but you don't want to put two suns in the beginning because if there's a sun in the first slot and then you slot something in it will push that over to the second slot so that's giving someone regardless of what they roll, the best option they can. Right. Which is something you don't want to do. And then it's it's really fun. There's a lot... Mm-hmm. Like, it's it simulates or I th- what I believe that it would be like to be in that kind of environment with, like, how, like, there's rising and falling and, like, how, like, what I do affects the other tribes in the area where, like, it's... You're, I, you're not really isolated. You're stuck with each other the whole way and all of your actions impact each other. So it's, like, if your tribe's growing a lot... I mean, other people are going to have to grow or be demolished, you know. Mm-hmm. And you can coexist with other players on squares for a certain, like, up to a certain point, And then, like, after you get too large, then that's when conflict happens. Well, and I also liked how it was also you couldn't... Conflict also happened with yourself. I also liked... Well, with that, the conflict also happened with yourself. If you went above five meeples of any type on a tile, conflict would break out. So if you put six meeples on a tile of just your color you'd have to like you guys would start fighting yourself and you'd have to knock off a guy until you're back down to five which i thought was cool where it's, it's not really like you guys like start fighting over resources more so than like just fighting for fighting's sake you know it's like oh like we are no longer sustainable on this tile and then we dropped off but yeah i really liked that game it was one of it was one of we bought we ended up buying five we technically bought five games but it's really we only bought four and we'll explain that in a later episode. <laughs> but it was it was the only game we bought on Thursday, and it was really good. And I'm excited to play it again. Yeah. So that was so we started strong with that. I would say. Yeah, that was one of the better games. It, I I don't think it's the best game we bought, or I don't think it was my favorite, but I think it's probably the most unique one we bought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely solid, solid choice. Um, after that, we moved to Faye. Oh, uh, I think that we played Fight Club before that one. Okay. Um, so Fight Club is a fun little two-player game. Um, well, a quick thing. Spoilers if you haven't seen the movie and want to. And if you haven't seen the movie, go go watch it. It's good. A little weird, but good. <laughs> and then come back. We'll wait. So how's it going? <laughs> okay, now that you're back. Um, so whoa, you're- whoa, whoa. That was not the two hours they needed to. Well. I assume yeah. they're not pausing us because they love our voices so much. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so you're playing like two sides of the same coin, basically the narrator and Tyler Durden. Right. So you're playing two player game. So you're playing the same person and you're basically vying for control through this deck building game. Mm -hmm. And so each card has, um, an action or ability. The cards are split in half and one will be for like the side of chaos and one will be for like the side of order and stability. And so... Representing Tyler and the narrator, respectively. Right. And so when you're picking up cards um, to add to your deck, you're also, like, taking away cards, potentially good cards for the other person. Um, And you're... Whenever you gain points, you're moving on this continuum and you're trying to get all the way to your side of the continuum. Right. And it's this weird thing where it's very shifting and you can... It's really swingy, but in a fun way. Yeah, and you can, like, double down on stuff like they do in the movies, you know, where it's, like, you'll be, like, 
almost about to win and you can like double down and then all of a sudden it'll be reset back to zero. Mm-hmm. And like that, I, th- I felt like it simulated the, I- the f- idea of having a split personality how he does in the movie very well. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, you do this thing to be about to win and all of a sudden like, oh, Tyler's back in control. Everything's reset. You know, like. Right. And they've got like a fun little mechanic where like Marla's got her own sort of deck. Right. And which- she affects different cards and you can like do you can play certain things to affect her deck to like change out the effect that she has on like you and the other player um so that's kind of neat um but it was like a surprisingly fun little game we just like it was we demoed it like really quickly i mean i think the biggest problem i had with it because i really liked it but my biggest problem is just another deck building game and we own a lot of them we own three four Mm -hmm. Yeah, but so. if you like Fight Club, it's a fun little two-player I, game. It's pretty unique. Yeah, they're also the company that did, uh, made the board game The Thing, and they're very, very, very dedicated for um, theming to the point where they did something they can't talk about in the in a basement bar. <laughs> they had a launch party for the game in a in a in the basement of a bar within Indianapolis, which was really cool and very thematic if you've seen the movie which you've seen the movie since you went and watched it just a few minutes ago right but like they're all in on that and like we played the thing there which i guess we can go yeah, out let's of, just talk about the thing which the thing was w- amazing it was one of the best trader mechanic games i've ever played mm-hmm. yeah so it's based on the movie the thing um where the, there's from the 1980s 1980s i think it was earlier than that but maybe 70s i don't know it was it was a b horror movie Right, so there's an alien like stalking this group of yeah. Basic spoilers. Uh, if you want to see the thing, go watch it now. Okay, now that you're back, <laughs> uh, it, the, basically the premise is like it's a shape shifting alien that's trying to that like lands on this outpost in the Arctic, Antarctic. I can't remember, and it's like shape shifting trying to like get out of this place, and these people are like being killed by this alien and trying to escape with their lives and kill the alien. Mm. So it's a trader mechanic game. Where one of you is infected, or one of you is an alien, and the other five, or we played with six people, and the the rest of you don't know are human and are trying to escape. And that premise seems very basic, where, or there's two goals. There's a, so the humans are trying to escape with only humans. The alien, or alien slash aliens, are trying to either escape with the humans, or stop the humans from leaving. Which I think is really interesting. But where this game takes a really cool twist is after, like, you got to clear out these sectors to make sure, like, to to get to the helicopter. And after every time you clear out the sector, you have to do a blood test, which means you you reshuffle all or you shuffle all the trader cards again and deal them out. And you might add more traders. The person who started as a trader will still be a trader, but you might have another trader among you now. Yeah, so somebody could get infected like partway through the game and then that will change how they play because they'll be playing as a trader now. Right, and it also takes a lot of the heat off the trader because you'll be sitting there where it's like, well, I really trust you, Caitlin. You know, you've been helping out these two missions. We shuffle the cards, deal them out. I can't trust anyone again. We are back to square one. Right. And like if if you find out someone's a trader, there are ways to incapacitate or straight up kill them. But if you're wrong, the penalty for that is horrible. Right, because you don't win if you don't have enough humans, well, like you, actual humans who escape. Right, because... So the, you have to be real careful who you kill. So the way the six-player game worked is there, there are two potential aliens, 
and four humans. And for the most part, you are going to have two aliens with just the way the card mechanic works. So if you guess, if, if like I'm like Caitlin is an alien, I'm 100%, and I kill her, she does not flip over her card until the end of the game. And if she was a human, we can no longer win because you need to take four humans out on that helicopter with you. Right. So like it has to be four of you. And it's like, well, if you kill a human, now there are three humans and two aliens. Mm. Yeah, but it was, I didn't play this one, um, but it was still like really fun to watch everybody um, accusing each other or like trying to figure out. We had one person who like tried to suss out the traitor by purposely sabotaging a mission just to see like what chaos would spread. (laughs) So that was, you know, kind of crazy, but really fun to watch. I still don't get it because like he almost made it so we did not suspect the actual alien. (laughs) Right. And, but it was... Yeah, like, overall, that did not help suss out the traitor at all. If anything, it made it more difficult. But but it helped him, and <clears throat> um, it was really fun to watch everybody's reactions to things. There, were, there was somebody who was a traitor from the beginning who hid really well, and then somebody who became a traitor, like, right at the end. And so they're, like, accusing each other of being the <laughs> traitor, not realizing that they're both right <laughs> while they're doing that. So it was a really fun game to watch and definitely a good trader mechanic game. If you're, if you don't have a lot and you're like, yeah, I, I want like a decent one. Cause there are some that are better than others, but this one is particularly, I think it does a particularly good job of making it balanced for yeah. the trader the whole way. The way where it really thrived was it like, didn't pretend to be a different game where like a lot of the trader mechanic games we have are like good, but they're not really trader mechanic games. They're games with trader mechanics slopped in. Like Shadow of the Camelot is a super fun. I really like it. I would recommend it. But the trader mechanic is just kind of there. You know, like it's not the driving force of the game. And I think games suffer when, like, trader mechanic games are not good when it's not the driving force of the game. It's like, and the same thing with Dead of Winter. It's a good game and it's really hard. But the trader mechanic is just kind of like thrown in there sometimes. Mm-hmm. So just like when, well. You're supposed to be suspicious of everyone, but the game's hard and just kind of grinds to a halt when you start including a trader for everything. So, but the thing just like really did it well. It was like, we're playing a trader mechanic game. Everything about this game is about being a trader. Ready? Go. Yeah. So that was, that was a really fun one we played. Um, um, then we played Faye, which just was this charming little game about moving druids through the spirit realm. And so what it is, is there's there's five different colors of druids and you're all dealt a random card saying, these are your druids. So there's like a yellow, a blue, a gray, a red. And you're dealt one of these cards secretly and you don't tell anyone what it is. And it's an up to four players. So you'll always have one color out. So you can't just be like, well, everyone's one color. And then what you do is you score points when a, gr- when a group of druids is isolated based on the number of druids in that square. And they have to be touching no other druids. And if you are, if your color is in that square, you score points, the maximum number of points. So the goal is you want to be in as many groups as possible. But the twist is if every color is represented in a group, any group that only has, any color that only has one druid gets kicked out. So that means like, do you want to be, have one druid in every group and maybe kicked out of some really big high scoring groups? Or do you put two in every group, but then score in less groups? And you can move like any druids. You don't have to move your own color. It's like sort of a mystery. And so you're scoring each color points as you go along. But 
people don't necessarily know like, oh, Zach is the orange druid um, as you go. So it's a pretty simple little game, but it has got some nice strategy to it still. And if you're thinking this, like this sounds really familiar. It's it is like a remaking of the game clans. Yeah, that's an um, old old game, maybe twenty years old, fifteen years old. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it but is, it's a really nice remake. Yeah, it's really nice. The pieces were really adorable in a <laughs> in a like old croon sort of way. Like, well, like you know, like like when you think of like grandma fairy tale. Yeah, that's kind of what they all felt like. Yeah, they felt like they were like chiseled out of stone. I mean, at least I got that impression. Like, obviously, they're plastic meeples, but like the the art style they went with was gorgeous, and there were some just like it's you, a really simple but fun little game. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I I was very close to buying that game. Um, let's see, Meeple Circus. Oh my gosh, dexterity games are hard. <laughs> yeah, Meeple Circus is um a balancing game, a dexterity game where you have. Um, different shapes of meatballs relating to the circus. You might have like an elephant or a clown or like a balance beam. Um, and each different type of thing scores you points. And there are also like cards that say, oh, you have to stack them like this to get this many points um, in a given round. So you're picking up uh, cards individually for you and then using the ones that are like global for everybody and then making different combinations for multiple rounds of balance how you can balance your meeples right like for example like we would get three points if we balanced a meeple on the ball which was a cylinder but still it was hard <laughs> for three points or there was like one where if you stacked a meeple on the ground and then one sideways and then like each type of meeple does something different to give you different points and i had a camel who to score my camel who would only score me two points he had to not touch the ground so I got a horse and sat that camel on a horse for basically <laughs> every round and scored a two points because the horse did nothing. Yeah. And it's a little pricey, right? It was like $50, it's I think. Like 40 50 somewhere in there. For what it is, but it's got a lot of different, differently shaped wooden meeples. So I suspect that's part of it. And also wood is just expensive. Like whenever um, wood components are in a game, price jumps up. Yeah, but if you're really into dexterity games or if you've got somebody who's like not as into strategy um, and would like something that's Jenga-esque with a little more fun flavor to it. Yeah, and it also um, like... It might be a good choice. It's a good introduction to drafting, like not actual drafting games, but like you go around in a circle and you just have to pick like what meeples you're going to add to your circus based on the cards that are drawn. And it's like a good introduction for people who haven't played a lot of board games before where it's like oh like we go around in the circle and have to pick this up and now you have to deal with these different resources and you've got to figure out what resources are good for the cards that are out and I, I i had a really good time playing it and i'm not a huge fan of dexterity games <laughs> like especially at gen con while i was wearing a backpack and i'm i'm taller and this table was not like we had to stand at it but it was at an awkward height for me it was like <laughs> slightly above my stomach but like this is a game where you want to like have your head on the table as you're like slowly lowering a meeple onto this <laughs> impossible stack and you're like please don't fall please don't fall please don't fall please don't fall <laughs> also that that table was very wobbly <laughs> yeah but it was a fun one kitchen rush that was like diner for those of you who are more familiar with video games it was diner dash the board game <laughs> where you have you're all it's cooperative and you're all working together to make different meals in a kitchen 
Like, so you have to, like, go to the storeroom and pick up stuff and, like, be a waiter and grab your things or grab order. grab an order, then go to storeroom to get the food. And then you have to pr- cook the food the right amount of times or go get spices. And then some of you had to go to the store or we'd have to go to the office to, like, unlock extra things. Um, but you're all playing simultaneously. And your workers, you're, like, placing workers, but they're little hourglasses, like tiny hourglasses. Um so you're waiting for those to change, you're watching that, and then moving. You're all just kind of like moving at once. So you're like hitting each other's hands and trying to work around each other <laughs> as you go. Um, so it's kind of different, but we did pretty well, actually. We played with your siblings, and that went surprisingly well, I would say. Did we play one or two? I think we played two rounds? I think so. It was really good. I had a really good time with it, though it's very pricey. Like, had it been $30, I probably would have picked it up. Like, I had I had a good enough time for that. Mm-hmm. But I think we saw that it was like 70. And I'm oh, like... Oh, was it that much? I think so. Let me check. Okay. We, we have a... We're, we're at a computer. We can we can check since we're giving people information. Well, it says it's 55 on Kickstarter. So, probably 60 now. Because I'm not finding it on Amazon yet. Oh, wait. Here it is. 55. Or, it's, yeah, it's 70. It retails at 70. And Amazon sells it for 55. Which, 55 seems reasonable. A little pricey, but like more yeah, reasonable. Yeah, it's got a lot of different wooden pieces. Um, yeah. But if you're a fan of Magic Maze, that's like another simultaneous movement game that's time based. Yeah, this this could be a good a good option because you, you've got some interesting strategy. You're trying to maximize your time um, while th- like strategizing beforehand with the rest of your team about like who's going to do what and that sort of thing. Yeah, I think it's that game. Like if you liked Magic Maze, but you're like, this needs a little bit more meat to it. <laughs> but like but for real though if if you like if you enjoyed magic maze but you're like that was fun a couple of times but i wish there was like a little bit more depth to it i think this would be a good option yeah i would say so i really enjoyed it i had fun i'm i kind of wish we would have played the other two rounds because i don't know if we'll ever play it again <laughs> but yeah it was good and then after that i also i demoed the legend of the five rings card game and i was very ambivalent about it i wanted to love it and it was just okay it's one of those games where you have to do so much thinking for so little payoff and it's kind of like how chess is like sort of but it's like chess if you broke the board in half and then had to draft different pieces into the board at different times and then they'd only stick around for a certain amount of turns but you still have to keep your king defended the whole time and i'm like this is a lot of work just for like to have fun and, like, I really, really wanted to like it because I liked Netrunner a lot, and then they ended that right as I was getting into it. So we started playing Arkham Horror, the card game, which is a great time. So I'm like, oh, L5R is going to be, like, Arkham Horror, except with Samurais and Competitive. So I'm like, great, I'm going to love this. And then I played it, and I was just like, this is it. It just feels like complicated chess. And chess is already complicated enough for me. I can't, I don't get chess. I'm really bad at chess. <laughs> But so, like, I really wanted it to be good, and it just was mediocre, at least in my opinion. Some people love it, but it's just, like, so many moving parts that don't mesh well together. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh, look, you have two different decks of cards that both have similar cards in them, so I'm like, why don't you just have one deck of cards? <laughs> yeah. You're like, that just doesn't make sense to me. It's just an overly complicated game for what you wanted it to be. Right. I, I wanted something that was more like Netrunner. You know, with a samurai theme, because I'm not as into sci-fi. Though Netrunner was not bad by any stretch. 
but it just wasn't that and I didn't have a great time with it. Like I played it and I like I going into Gen Con like not recently but like about a month ago I was like I'll probably pick that up you know if I like it and then like I played it and it didn't even cross my mind to even consider buying it like there's a lot of games I was considering buying and I forgot I played it until we looked at our list that's how <laughs> unmemorable it was yeah but yeah it was just overall I was disappointed and a little sad. <laughs> Anyway. Back to more things that were disappointing. <laughs> Coimbra. Which was probably the worst game we played at Gen Con. And to be fair, I think the person who explained it to us was not super familiar with it. Oh, wait. We played Fireworks as well. That was also pretty bad. <laughs> but Coimbra was just kind of like a mis- like a mismatch of all sorts of game mechanics, like all thrown into one game. It felt that like they took like... It felt like one of those things where it's like, oh, this makes this game good, so we'll use this mechanic. And they did that with 20 games and didn't actually look at why it made the game good. Yeah, so it was just, it just felt really complicated. Right. And the, like, symbol system that they used throughout the whole board made it feel really busy and was confusing. There were, like, multiple things that, like, gave you money, but one was, like, immediate money and one was, like, money generation, but they were not very, like, per turn- yeah. sort of but they were not very clear so, well, on the cards which was which so it was just it was not well designed and so that compounded some of the other problems well because like the money that it had the money generation was a was an orange background around a coin bag and then the immediate money was an orange background with a coin I yeah think. so it was i it, think it was that it might have been a little bit the clearer. graphic the graphical design did not help you understand all of the myriad of things that were going on well and then you had to like it was like dice drafting and like the resources you get at the end of the round are based on the color of die you have or dice you have and then you get to activate those at the end of the round but also the pips matter but the color doesn't to begin the round yeah and you get to like get to pick these different things where you draft different cards in and then you move around a map because that's the in this yeah like it just felt like a frankenstein of like 15 different games yeah there's a lot going on and we might i don't know we might have liked it better if we had had it explained better or if we had played it longer because we only played a couple turns of the demo but after a couple turns i was like i'm done i'm not i don't know getting anywhere on this i wasn't confused with the rules explanation it just i didn't have a good time like i had an awful time like me and one of the people we were with we after we, we were with it was me, you, and another person in our group, and then a stranger. And had the stranger not been there, me and the other person in the group were like, yeah, we would have left it the first turn, just been done. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it was it was rough. And I'm, I'm sure other people like it. Is it on, like, the hot list of... It was on the hot list for Board Game Geek, I think. Yeah, so obviously just... somebody likes it, but... If you, if you liked it, please email us. I'm curious... Like yeah, what like I tweet at us like what your favorite part is. <laughs> yeah, like explain it to me because like I wanted to like it. I went in excited about that game. As you, if you listen to our like our pre Gen Con one, where I'm like, ooh, this looks interesting. I don't know what it is, but I'm we're definitely gonna try it. And then we got there, and I'm like, mm, this is not good. I did not enjoy it. Yeah, so that one was a little disappointing because it seemed like it had a lot of potential to be a kind of crunchy game, but it was just not. It just didn't gel. I think. Yeah, did not at all. But. The last thing we'll talk about is a game that's a little cute little game that is an Uno. Well, actually, two games we played. Uh, we had our Uno based. There was Sparkle Kitty. <laughs> did you play Sparkle Kitty? I don't think I did, no. It is this game where you are all princesses trapped in a tower. 
So you you pick a princess card, and then you have four cards face down underneath them. And every time your hand runs out, you get to draw one of the cards from your tower. And as soon as all of that cards are gone, so as soon as you draw the last card of your tower, you win. And the way it works is you basically, there's two decks where you basically play Uno with them, but you say the words that are on the cards. So there's like cards like Sparkle, Glitter, Gooey, uh, Super. Snuggle. Snuggle, Bear, Vortex, Hugs. And you'll be saying these combinations and it's, you know, going back and forth. And then there's like other cards that let you do some crazy stuff like as Uno does. Or out of turn, you can play a double on something. So if I play a bear card and Caitlin has a bear, she can go double or double bear and just put the bear down immediately and draw a card off her tower to get free faster. So it was a cute game. I enjoyed it. It's Uno at a certain point. (laughs) Yeah, it's a sillier game for like probably a younger audience, uh, but it's got a little more like fun flavor than Uno. I think it would be good when teaching kids how to read or like a kid who's like learned how to read. But like to practice reading mm-hmm. or to like pay attention to like what other people are doing. Yeah. Because uh, you have to like to get rid of more cards you, to play the doubles. You have to be concentrating mm. what other people are doing, not just your own hand. Yeah. And overall, I liked it. And then there was a Pinye Parata, I think, by Yellow, I-E-L-L-O, that uh, one of the people in our group bought, which was another Uno game. But it w- the catch to this one is it's like all pirates and you're trying to find a buried treasure. And every time you win a round, you draw from this deck of three tiles or of tiles and you draw three of them and you put one on the bottom, one becomes part of your pirate map, and then one becomes a new rule in the game. So like one of the rules we had is every time you drew a card, if you had a penguin in your hand, you could immediately play it. So like it's like as quirky little rules like that, or there's one if like if you only have rabbit cards in your hand, you win the round. So it's kind of flux esque in that. Regard. Yeah, it's a little bit of flux, but it's not where the rule like the rules only change at the end of a round. So it's not like flux where rules are constantly changing. It's just at the end of the round, it's more Mao based. Ah. Where it's like you add a new rule every time you win. Gotcha. Okay. But the rules everyone knows because Mao is terrible. <laughs> Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. I hate Mao. Worst <laughs> thing I've ever played. Um, but that's a, like a younger kid game too. Yeah, I think so. But overall, that was our first day at Gen Con. And I think that's the day we played the most games. Yeah, this was a bit of a lightning round of rapid fire games that we went over. Yeah, we did a um, ton on the first day. I think I was looking at the list and like the next day on on Thursday, we did a, a respectable amount, but it doesn't feel like as much. And then like Friday and Saturday, we don't have like anything written down. We had to have played more than four games on f- or on Saturday and Sunday combined. Yeah, we had to. We'll look at that. Anyway, um, thanks for listening to part one of our post-Gen Con recap. Keep wondering. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.